What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We are Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Chase, and I am back after taking a couple of weeks off at a big move. Um, I want to thank Antonio and Duke for taking over for me while I was gone. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Not a problem. This week I'm back and we're talking about, <clears throat> basically we're going to break down the UFC men's rankings. Uh, in each division, we each got our own little things we want to talk about, some fights that we think would be great to happen, some things coming up, some things that have already happened. That's basically it. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to start with Duke. He's got the first couple of uh, divisions, and I want to hear what he's got going on. Yeah, so I guess just starting off, the lowest is flyweight, which, if you don't know, is 125-pound division. The current champ, uh, Brandon Moreno, he just defeated Davison Figueredo versus, uh, via submission in a rematch. The first fight they actually had was a draw, and if you haven't seen the fight, I highly recommend going to watch that. It was a definitely a banger in the first fight, and it was a draw, and they got the rematch, and then Moreno uh, tapped him out via submission. I think it was a rear naked choke. Um, basically, after a few weeks, because they fought a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I can't quite remember, Figueredo is always al already calling for the third fight. I, I'm kind of unsure if they're going to do that or not, just because three fights back to back to back seems kind of unlikely for the UFC. I, I, they've done... I don't know if they've ever done three fights back to back to back. They've definitely done two where that, you know, you get the immediate rematch, but three back to back to back again is highly unlikely in my mind. And I think Figueredo probably needs another win to get back into the title shot picture. Um, and then I, I kind of looking down lower in the weight class, um, number two is Askarov. And then number three is Pantejo, uh, Pantoja. I think you could have either one of those guys fight Moreno, but I probably lean towards uh, Askarov just because um, Askarov has already beaten P Pantoja back in 2020 and Askarov and Moreno had a draw back in 2019. So it seems more likely that the UFC would run back something that was a draw from a couple of years ago, as opposed to a third fight. Um, both both the fights with Moreno and Figueredo were great, but I, again, just think that it's highly unlikely that the UFC or Dana White gives that third fight to Figueredo, and it probably goes someone else, and I think the most likely contender is, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty much the flyweight division. Moving up to bantamweight, we've been kind of talking about this one a lot lately. Uh, the current champ is Aljamain Sterling, and it was officially announced that his rematch with Peter Yan is happening October 30th at UFC 267. In the meantime, you know, obviously a lot's been happening in the Bantamweight division. TJ and Sanhagen just fought a couple weeks back. I think TJ rests and recovers during this time, and then I think he does get the winner of whoever wins versus Sterling and Yan. I think TJ probably beats either of those guys. But either way, I think TJ gets the winner of Peter versus Jan. And then Sanhagen, even though he had his loss, I think it was a really close loss. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, I actually think he won. I think you give Sanhagen, I think he stays in the top, and I think you just either give him kind of a no-brainer. You just give him Rob Font or Jose Aldo. Um, I think both those guys make sense. Again, I don't think Sanhagen should shoot any lower. He'll probably be game to fight anybody in the division. But I think – just, just because of the way that he lost and how close it was and how people, many people could say that he even won, I think he just stays in the top, and I don't think you should give him anybody lower 
than Rob Font or Jose Aldo. And I think, again, that'd be a great opportunity for both Rob Font and Aldo to move up, you know, after they just had some wins, that'd be a good way for them to enter the title picture. Cause right now I don't think they're, I don't think they're really in the title picture per se currently, but I think a win over Corey Sanhagen would definitely put them in that title shot. And then looking a little lower in that weight class, I think just an honorable mention, and I think everybody would want to see this one, and I think we even talked about this one again a few weeks ago, is I just think Sean O'Malley versus Dominic Cruz would just be an absolute banger. I think it's definitely time to give Sean O'Malley somebody somebody with a name, and I think Dominic Cruz needs a way back into title picture slash just moving his way back up the weight class if that's what he wants. I mean, he's really successful as an analyst, in my in my opinion. And he's a great fighter. He hasn't fought in a while again because he's just been crippled with injuries for like the past five, ten years, whatever it is. But I think that's great for both guys. It gives Sean O'Malley, if he wins, a win over a guy with a very, you know, obviously Dominic Cruz was a dominant champion and a guy with a big name. And then if Dominic Cruz gets the win over Sean O'Malley, Sean O'Malley's got a lot of hype around him currently just because of how he fights who he is what his personality is so i think it benefits both of the guys to fight each other and then also the fans would just win in that because that's a that's a great fight i know chase you're you're a big fan of sean o'malley what, what do you think about that one um i love that i the bantamweight division right now is just ridiculous obviously it's probably one of the biggest talking points of the ufc right now I mean, I, I agree with almost everything you're saying. I kind of want to hear your st- standpoint on Cody, but um, I wanted to bring up the Algermain Peter Jan. I mean, I don't know if anybody saw that fight. <laughs> I hope if you're listening, you did watch the Peter Jan Algermain Sterling fight. But I mean, it's a fight that probably should have happened immediately. Yeah. Within a couple of months. I mean, it, it's was one of the more upsetting fights that I've ever watched, having seen some people get absolutely destroyed in the show that Aljamain put on after he got illegal need and knew it. It's a little bit of a mess up top. Um, I like that Jose Aldo's coming back. I was going to say I like the TJ versus Jose fight. I don't really know about TJ versus Font. I don't know. I, I don't really have anything against Font. I just think TJ versus Jose would be a really – just an intriguing fight to watch. Just two people that have been around for a really long time. And I think that's the fight to make there. So I think that's, that's perfect. And I love the Sean O'Malley, Dominic Cruz fight. If Dominic is, I mean, I would assume he's close to ready to fight. I know he was having some issues recently. So if he's looking for a fight, I think that's the fight to make personally. I don't think Sean deserves anything higher than that right now. I don't think he, I think he called out somebody top 10 but i think 10 is fine yeah so you you think tj should fight jose because I, yeah. I, I i'm thinking that i think he's just gonna rest and recover and then wait until after sterling and Jan fight and then he's gonna get the winner i think he, i think the ufc is just gonna immediately give him the winner of whoever fights those or whoever wins out of those two guys but you think it's potential <laughs> that the ufc might push him to fight Jose Aldo, or at least somebody else. Do you think that's the case? I I don't think they're going to make him do it, but I think I want to see both Jose Jose and TJ fought semi-recently. Jan and Aljamain aren't fighting until the end of two months from now. I mean, that's a long rest period for both of those fighters. 
So I think if you throw TJ in and Jose in like next month, like two weeks maybe before – no, I mean maybe even two weeks before the main fight, I think that gives them plenty of time. And I think it really sets up the next title fight. So I think that's the move personally. I don't think they're going to make him do it, and I think he will probably rest and recover, and I think he'll get the title shot. I think it's undeserved. I think he won the fight against Sanhagen. But I, I've just never been a big fan of TJ just because I'm a big Cody Garbrandt fan. But, I mean, that's just a personal thing. So, I don't know. That's fair. I mean, I'm a Garbrandt fan too. I just – I as I said in a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I'm, I'm not the biggest TJ fan, but I, I've got to respect him for – I mean, I don't have to respect him for using EPO whatever it was he took but the fact that he came back in after a very long period time off and fought as well as he did even if let's say because i think he lost but whoever else thinks he lost out there he still fought very well regardless of whether he won or lost because the fight was that close so i do have to respect him in that fact just the fact that he was obviously putting in the hard work over the time that he was off but I agree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Garbrandt fan, but TJ, who knows? I mean, I know he's got problems. I think he has some shoulder issues, and then his knee was all busted up. So I don't know how long he's out for that. I think Antonio might have said something about the timeline on that last uh, episode, but I can't quite remember. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the UFC decides to do with him. It's kind of a toss-up. But the bantamweight division is definitely very exciting right now. And then one other weight class, and it's the weight class that's up next that I think is really exciting right now is the featherweight, just because, um, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky, the champion, it's 145 pounds out there for those who don't know. Um, he does have a fight scheduled with Brian Ortega coming up on September 25th at UFC 266. And if anybody doesn't know, also, both of those gentlemen are the ultimate fighter coaches. For so they spend a lot of time around each other. Um, I guess real quick, if, if you don't know what the ultimate fighter is, basically they pick, you know, very prominent fighters in the UFC currently, and they have those fighters, um, you know, kind of train and mentor up and coming fighters. Some of them, you know, have been fighters for a decent amount of time and they just need to hone their skills. But basically each of those guys have a team and those teams fight each other and have kind of a tournament throughout the season. And then typically the winner of the ultimate fighter gets a UFC contract. Um, and then also the coaches, which in this case happened to be Brian Ortega and Volkanovsky, um, typically fight each other. They haven't always, but this time they are. So like I said, they have a fight coming up in September. Um, I personally think that Volkanovsky will probably get it done, even though Brian Ortega is an animal. Uh, I, I think it'll be a good fight to watch, but I think maybe Volkanovsky's just a little bit more well-rounded. I think Brian Ortega's probably got the ground game advantage, but I think overall, just Volkanovski's wrestling, strength, striking, I think maybe Volkanovski, I think he gets it done. And I think uh, either way, it's a good one to watch, but I think I think he does get that one done. And then looking again, a little bit down the list in featherweight, some crazy fights coming up. Max Holloway, which I'm just an absolute fan of. Um, he's fighting Yari Rodriguez, which I haven't always I, I'm not the biggest fan of Yair Rodriguez but again I have to give him props he is a great fighter and it's his fights are always exciting to watch so I think Holloway versus Rodriguez that's targeted for November 13th and again that's just another fight to keep your eye on because both those gentlemen bring the heat I mean Max Holloway with his last fight over Calvin Cater 
through. I, I don't even know the, st the significant strike numbers, but I think it was the most ever thrown like in, in a single fight ever. And if you haven't watched that fight, you definitely need to watch that fight. Max just brings the fight every time. And like I said, Yair is exciting to watch and definitely the winner of those two guys could be a potential title fight, potential title fight for whoever wins out of Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega. Um, and then that's pretty much it with what I have with featherweight. I think an honorable mention that I just kind of want to put in there, uh, the Korean zombie, he's a little lower, uh, his exact ranking. I think it's like four or five. I'm not hundred percent sure it's four. I think, uh, the Korean zombie versus Arnold Allen, who I didn't know too much about. And I don't, I'm not going to claim to know too much about him, but I was kind of looking at Arnold Allen's record. He's number six right now in the featherweight division. And he's only had wins in the UFC. Um, so I was kind of looking over his record. I think that kind of makes sense. And I'm a big fan of the Korean zombie again. I think that guy's just exciting to watch. And again, I'm not going to claim to know a lot about Arnold Allen, but I think that's a good fight that makes sense. And then that could allow both of those gentlemen to go in the weight class. I like the points you're making here. Um, I just want to start off with saying I think Volkanovski lost the last fight to Max Holloway. <laughs> Um, undoubtedly, when I, I was scoring it, I had it easily 3-2 max. Personally, I had it 4-1 max. So that, that's something that still irks me to this day because I'm probably one of the biggest Max Holloway fans out of the lower divisions. It's just, I don't know. You can't run it three times, like you said. I mean, right. it's just not something they do. They ran it. They ran it back. I think Max won the fight. I think it'll be a good fight between him and Ortega. I do agree with you. I think Volkanovski is going to win that fight. And I don't know. I, I think we're going to see another Max Holloway Volkanovski, and I think Max is going to do it again this time. But I don't. I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll be able to put him away. But after what happened to him last time, he's probably going to have to. Honestly, we're moving right down the list. I covered the uh, the lightweight and the welterweight divisions. I mean, lightweight obviously has been one of the biggest divisions in the UFC for a very very long time. And way back when, it was a nothing division. Um, way back when <laughs> the original UFC fans would remember. There was not a whole lot going on there. It was revived by Penn, I believe, and kind of picked back up from there. And right now we've got Charles Oliveira as the champion who's been in the UFC a very long time. Um, he, he fought, he, yeah, he TKO'd Michael Chandler, who, I mean, I didn't think deserved a fight. I think he should have had a fight before he fought for the title in the UFC, but he got the fight and, um, Obviously, Charles won that fight. I think it was a good fight. I think it displayed a lot of composure from Charles and I, a lot of eagerness from Michael, um, which really caused his downfall. He really doesn't have anything lined up yet. I think it's obviously going to be Dustin once he gets settled, which I think is a great fight. I think if Charles and Dustin fight, I think it's going to be a Charles win, but I think it's going to be a really close fight. I don't know if they put each other out. I think it's going to go to decision, but... I think we could see Oliveira at the top of the lightweight for for a long time. If he plays his card right, if he keeps the composure he's got right now, I think he could probably take out most of this division, which is pretty stacked right now. I mean, you keep going down, you got Justin Kajethi, obviously, who just who's who's got a fight coming up with Michael Chandler on November 6th. I mean, that's just an absolute banger of a fight. And there's no other way to put that. I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be a great fight. You've got Benil Darius, you've got 
I don't know if you really want to count Connor right now, but he's still in the ranking somehow. Tony Ferguson is down there, and Dos Anjos is fighting him. Um, Makachev, who's got Habib in his corner and is demolishing the lightweight division right now. Uh, it, it's just a stacked division. Personally, what I want to see happen, I want to see Charles fight Dustin. I want to see that close to the end of the year, so hopefully we can make that happen. Um, I don't know what Dustin, how Dustin's feeling with his old age. It might be early next year, but, it, and if they push it that far, I mean, we might be seeing a the winner of Justin and Michael, or we might be seeing Benil Dariush fight for the championship. I mean, you never know, honestly. It, the UFC is weird about those kind of things, in my opinion. So they definitely don't like to like hold up any of the division. So if Dustin doesn't want to fight for the title, they're definitely just going to give it to the next person, whoever's ready at the right, right time you know what i mean i mean obviously i think that's the fight to make next i think Benel darius just won a decision against tony ferguson hey he's on fire right now he's undefeated in at least his last three or four fights i can't quite remember i know it's quite a few there's somebody that i wanted to throw in that kind of took a steep fall off took two l's real quick but drew dober i think if he gets himself composed again he's not in the rankings right now but he was working his way up real quick, took a couple of L's. Obviously, he fought Islam Makachev, which was the beginning of his downfall. But everybody that fights Islam right now is just falling to his <laughs> grace. So I think Drew Dober is really somebody that needs to be an eye kept on in that division. Yeah, there's just so much to do there. There's so much to cover, I think. Right now, every fight that you make is going to be the fight to make in the lightweight division. I mean, even if we don't see D Charles and Dustin fight, I think if he fights anybody in the top eight, it's going to be one hell of a championship fight. So I'm excited for this division as it keeps rolling. I think McGregor's probably done, so I'm not even going to count him in. I mean, you still have Dan Hooker in there. I mean, it's just name after name after name <laughs> in the lightweight division right now. So it's an exciting time. Um, I think everybody needs to – when you're in the lightweight division, you just need to focus yourself and – I mean, you've got Brad Waddell. He's just beat Drew Dober and working his way into the rankings. I mean, he looks like a menace. I saw him fight a couple of times. It's crazy. You got anything to add to that, Duke, before I move on to this? Well, no, I, just the entire time I was just uh, looking at the list, and you're right. It's just name after name. Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Justin Benyel Darius, Chandler, Makachev, Ferguson, Dos Anjos, Hooker, McGregor, if you count him, Gillespie, Kevin Lee. I mean, that's the top 11 guys. Imagine trying to fight any of those guys to try and work your way up in the lightweight division. I mean, that, that division right now, like you said multiple times, is just absolutely stacked. I pretty much agree with everything you just said. I mean, I hope McGregor's not done, but if he is, there's still just there's just fight after fight to make. And as I said, a little bit earlier, I think they're just going to give the championship fight to whoever is ready at the right moment. So whether it's Poirier, or whether it's Dariush, whether it's Makachev, I think they're just going to give it to whoever's ready at the right time. Whenever Charles Oliveira is ready to fight, that's when they're going to put the contracts on. Whoever's ready to sign, I think is going to get the fight. I think they're obviously going to lean towards Dustin just because of what he's done. But Dustin could also just wait and see if McGregor wants to fight for a third time to make a big payday. That's pretty much all I have to add to that. All right, well, we'll roll right on to the welterweight division. Honestly, just another stacked division. Champions, Kamaru Usman. This is 165 for anybody who doesn't know. Um, already got a fight lined up. November 6th with Colby Covington. Obviously already fought before. Kamaru knocked his ass out. So 
I mean, that's a good fight, in my opinion. I mm-hmm. I like Colby. I like Kamaru. I think the first fight was great. I think it was pretty much Kamaru all the way, but I would like to see. I th- I think Colby has improved. Hopefully, I th- I think he's displayed himself a little bit better recently, um, especially with his win over Tyron Woodley. But Tyron Woodley was also kind of on a downfall. So depends on how you look at it. But I think Ty- uh, Colby looked really good in that. I think I think it'll be a better fight this time around. I still think Kamaru's probably going to win that fight. I, I don't really see anybody that's going to stop Kamara right now. So we could be looking at this for a long time. But, I mean, you keep looking down. There's really nothing going on in the division. Either people just fought or there's just a lot of resting going on. There's not a lot of matches set up right now. Um, we've got Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, Vincent Luque, Jorge Masvidal, Michael Chiesa, who's probably my favorite welterweight. Just personally, I love watching him fight. Um, just fought Vincent Luque, lost in a sub in the first round, I think. Just fought a couple of weeks ago. That was a big disappointment, but <laughs> finally, I mean, he came into the welterweight division, won four or five fights in a row, looked like an absolute menace. Um, I don't think he took that fight too seriously, but I mean, personally, I don't really know what the next move is here. Um, everybody came kind of as just fighting for their spots while we're waiting for Kamaru and Kobe to have at it. I don't really want to see Gilbert versus Kamaru again as quick as that. It's not really super quick, but I just don't think Gilbert's ready for it. I don't think Leon has a chance against Kamaru, but I think if he fights, I mean, he just fought Nate Diaz, which was kind of like whatever, like your number four and he's number whatever, not even top 10, I don't think. So I don't, I don't really – like that fight was just kind of for a paycheck. Um, he's a good fighter, but I, I I just don't know what to set up in this division to give Kamaru a challenge. I don't think Jorge's a challenge for him. I mean, obviously he lost back-to-back against Usman. I think that what you got to do is you got to try to work Vincent up there. And I think that's going to be the best fight. He just fought Chiesa, who was below him. I, I don't know. Maybe you give him Gilbert next. and then. The winner of that fight takes Kamaru, but I don't know. It's a it's a good division. It's a division that's fun to watch. There's just a lot that needs to go on there for me. Um, there's a lot of people fighting just to fight, it feels like, and a lot of people fighting up that are fighting further down than what they should be right now, which could not be their fault, could be UFC's fault. But, I mean, obviously you have Baloo Muhammad, who's, who's coming up in the division, who's a menace right now. We've got Sean Brady, who's 4-0 in the UFC. Damian Maia, who's been around for fucking 20 years. I mean, <laughs> you've got some people down there that I think need to work their way back up. Um, specifically, Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady are the ones that I've been keeping my eye on in the welterweight division. I think if they keep on their train, Bilal Muhammad just beat Damian Maia in a decision. And Damian Maia was kind of on a hot streak. He lost to Gilbert Burns via TKO, but he was doing pretty well for himself for a minute. Sean Brady just submitted his last two opponents in the first round, I believe. So a couple of menaces coming up. They're still pretty low down there, but that's all I got for the welterweight right now, honestly. All right. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I covered uh, the remaining weight classes, so middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. Um, so starting off with the middleweight, uh, the current champion is – most of you may know is Israel 
currently his his next fight he's expected to defend his title sometime in 2022 against robert whitaker um who's who was actually the former champ Mm -hmm. uh and robert whitaker is the number one contender in that weight class as of right now um of course it's sometime in 2022 because unfortunately with the covid restrictions in new zealand uh that's where currently israel um resides and trains at but his last fight was back in june against marvin vettori uh, where Israel won with a unanimous decision. And the last time that Israel fought Whitaker was back in October of 2019. If you by if any of you by chance watched that fight, uh, Israel got, I believe he got lucky in the second round where he got himself to TKO against Whitaker with a couple of uh, just yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna wail my arms for a couple of punches. And you know, and you know, in in the UFC, anything goes. He got lucky with the one punch and just got knocked down. So, but, uh, however, I believe the fight between Whitaker and Israel is going to be a good one. Um, Stahl saw some highlights from the first fight that they had against each other. They seem pretty evenly matched, but I think, uh, when it comes down to them, I believe it will be with patience and, uh, just waiting for the right shots. And in that, in that regard, I think Israel will will come up on top with that and then going down the line we have paulo costa who is the number two contender he his next fight is scheduled in october of this year against marvin vittori uh however he was actually supposed to face cannoneer uh this past saturday but he got pulled out because apparently he he claimed that he never agreed to the fight in the first place uh so so that that was pretty interesting. Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> e- either he never claimed to have a fight, or he just you know was he wasn't getting paid enough. So it, who who the hell knows with his motives? But however, he he has not competed since uh, UFC 253, uh, where he was finished in the second round against Israel. <laughs> oh baby! <laughs> so, but uh, however, um, the f- the upcoming fight uh, with Vittoria and Costa. Um, it's going to be, I believe it's going to be a very good one, uh, at least from the highlights that I've seen between the both fighters. Uh, they're roughly this, roughly the same build, and they have very good technique. However, in my opinion, I think Costa will come up on top. I don't think it might be, I don't think it will be a unanimous decision. It might be split. Where Who, who the hell knows? It, there's, UFC, UFC is so flipping you know unexpected anything goes as we all know and then uh and then the number three contender we got jared kinnanir uh as you all well know from this past weekend he won uh with a unanimous decision against uh calvin gastelum that kinnanir showed you know very good movement striking and kicking seemed very technical but what really sealed the deal between that fight i believe was knocked down that Gastelum uh, suffered in round three. Um, at least that's what I also saw from the stats between two fighters. And it looks like Cannoneer, uh, he's wanting the title fight or at least uh, to be the contender um, for his next fight. But I think that he will either he will either take the winner between Costa versus Vittori or Till versus Brunson. And then and then we'll move right down to the light heavyweight. 
the champion in that is currently Jan Blockwitz. But however, his next fight is scheduled in October in Abu Dhabi against Glover uh, Teixeira. And Jan right now has been on a five consecutive fight win streak, which has also included defending his title against Israel in March of this previous year, of this past year. So, and then we have the number two contender, uh, who is Yiri. His next fight, he's actually going to be serving as the backup fighter in the match between Blakowicz and Tashira. But however, his past fight uh, was against uh, Dominic Reyes this past May. And Yiri looked, looked very good, very agile, power, powerful punching, good defense. And with that fight, he got the TKO after a successful reverse elbow to the jaw. Um, and then we have the number three contender, uh, Alexander Rockick. His next fight is going to be most likely against Yuri to put the winner in title contention since these fighters are the number two and number three contenders. Uh, his previous fight was against uh, Diego Santos in March of this past year. However, from it seemed like the from the stats that I looked, um, they seemed pretty evenly matched. But what I believe what got him the unanimous unanimous decision was most likely his control time. He had roughly three minutes. It, other than that, they seemed pretty evenly matched. Besides that, and then at the last uh, division that I covered was heavyweight. Uh, the current champion in that is Francis Naganu. His next fight will likely be against. Uh, Gain, who is the interim heavyweight champion as of right now. Uh, their fight is to be expected in late 2022 or early 2023. Or his previous fight was back in March. Yeah, and in that fight, uh, you know, Nagano was very aggressive and showed to be way too powerful for Miokic. I don't he seemed pretty unexpected. <laughs> but um so I believe Naganu versus Gain is going to be a very exciting match uh, to watch. They're both very, very massive men with a lot of agility and athleticism. And I think it's going to be, you know, it, in Chase's words, it's going to be one hell of a banger. <laughs> and the uh, number two contender is Neokik. Like I said, there, his last fight was against Naganu, where he lost his belt for the second time. You know, who knows? Uh, if it stays healthy uh, and Naganu is, maybe, they, maybe they'll go at it for a trilogy. Who the hell knows? Maybe it'll be for the title again. But however, kick uh, next fight, uh, uh, there, there's a lot of stipulation uh, because he did accept a fight with John Jones with like a, a verbal thing uh, mm-hmm. with the, the UFC. But however, uh, Jones is very... Um, yeah, he's he looks like he's not really wanting to take that fight, and he wants to go just straight for the title fight. Just like, hey, I'm coming into the heavyweight division. I'm new, but hell, I'm gonna come out big. I'm gonna go for the title fight. You know, I'm not gonna go for a warm up. So, but um, but who knows with John Jones and the UFC and his reputation, whatever he want, he'll probably get. Um, and then we got the number three contender, uh, Derek Lewis. Now, who his last fight was against Gain, uh, where he unfortunately lost the opportunity to hold the title of interim heavyweight champion. If the fight 
does not pan out between Miokic and Jones, then then I believe it will most likely be Lewis and Miokic since they're number one and number two in the weight division. Um, and that's all I have, gentlemen, for those three weight divisions. I got to jump on this before Duke does, but before the heavyweight division, I swear to God, I love this thing. I love it so much. <laughs> I don't know what's going to go on with this Stipe Miocic versus John Jones fight. I kind of want it to happen. Don't really want it to happen, though. I want to see Derek Lewis versus Steve Emios, who's so bad. <laughs> I love Derek. I love Steve Bay. I'm heartbroken at his loss versus Cyril Gon, but it is what it is. I, I, I don't really know what else to say about that. Um, I, I love the hell heavyweight division right now. I mean, you've got so much going on. You've got Ty Tuivasi, who's on a three-fight win streak. You've got Chris Dawkins, who's coming in hot. Alexander Volkov was making his way back up, kind of took a little L from Cyril Gaon, but everybody does. I mean, it's it's cracked right now. If Francis and Cyril fight soon, I know Francis has kind of been up in the air. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be one hell of a fight. And I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a banger. <laughs> yeah, the heavyweight right now is, I mean, like, I I mean, you pretty much said everything I could already say. It's cracked. Cyril Gaon, Miocic, Lewis, Blades, and Ganu. I mean, when you have the big boys going to fight, someone's going to sleep. And that's pretty much all I have to say. We're running a little short on time here. I did kind of want to talk about um, the pound-for-pound rankings. Uh, it, I'm a little upset with them still. Um, <laughs> I just you go on UFC's website, you look at the rankings. Number one, John Jones. John Jones hasn't fought in a year, and he arguably lost that fight. Um, <laughs> I just don't – I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. I think Jones was a great fighter. I think he's arguably lost his last two fights. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't super agree with almost anything in their pound-for-pound rankings. But I'm just being honest. I don't think Volkanovski even belongs up there. I know he's a champion. I think he lost his last fight. And I don't even think he's a pound-for-pound best fighter top – 10 maybe even like maybe even top 15 i just don't think he's that strong of a fighter personally i've seen him fight a lot i think he did fight really well for a while i think he really dropped off as he was getting up to the belt and was still able to obtain it against max but i think he lost that last fight i think he did not look very good defending it that could have just been max and it could have been biased on my part but i'm trying to keep it unbiased I don't think he belongs up there. I think Francis belongs number two, three. He he needs to be way up there because I think Kamaro is arguably number one personally, and I think I think it should be Kamaro. I think it should be Francis right in line. Israel's somewhere around three to four mark, and I think Dustin needs to be at five. Um, anything else? I'm okay with kind of. I don't think Justin still deserves up there. JT. I think he should probably drop out. He's lost his last three fights. Kind of looking, he's hitting a slump. I don't think he needs to be in that pound for pound top fifteen. What What would you say for gain personally? Because they have him in the fourteen. Too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> too soon. He's he's strong. He's a, he's a good fighter, and he's really well wounded. Yeah. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's, right, but he's only nine fights in though. He's got the belt. He's a strong fighter. Yeah, but it's too soon to be listing them top fifteen in your entire rankings. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just too soon. I know it's like, yeah, it's Go like ahead. he's he's still like a rookie compared to all these other fighters. <laughs> yeah, 
I think it's very clear when you look at the pound for pound list that the UFC puts a big emphasis on the champions, which mm-hmm. I think to like casual, I don't like using that word, but like casual fans, I think that that makes sense to them. But again, like Chase saying, like when you look at like, you know, you have Volkanovsky at four and you have Dustin Poirier at six. Mm-hmm. I think Poirier is leagues better than Volkanovsky. And and they have Volkanovsky above him. And it's again like Stipe Miocic. Like I think Stipe Miocic is probably better than Jan Blachowicz, but they have Jan right above him. I think the UFC just puts a lot of stock into whoever holds the title, which, you know, obviously it makes a little bit of sense. But again, like we're talking about gone. I mean, he just got his interim lightweight or heavyweight title and they put him at 14. Like, come on. So he just had his fight and now you're, now he's the 14th best person in the world. I just don't think that that's true. I think they just need to, I don't know. I think they got to reorder. So, so you kind of think they strive on this list, basically just, purely on favoritism right solely well yeah. i don't know about favoritism but like like okay like a guy like brandon moreno yes he's the champion mm-hmm. yes right. i think he's good you know there's no argument whether he's good or not but where's he he's 11 right i think robert whitaker is better than him mm-hmm. i mean i think robert whitaker is easily better than him yeah so like robert whitaker should be above him now everybody else maybe i agree with like i'm saying maybe the champs should be on there but i think it's got to be a little bit more fairly distributed Mm -hmm. again and you could probably even make an argument for maybe some of the champs shouldn't even be on there right right this second aka cyril gone why is he on there yeah one reason i have no clue i mean yes i see an argument for putting them all on there because they're the champions but I also see an argument for, okay, well, this guy's had, he's had two fights in the UFC. Like, like if Michael Chandler would have won against Charles Oliveira, he would be on the list. I think that's a little preposterous because I think Dustin Poirier is probably better than Michael Chandler. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think they just put a lot of stock into their champs, which I'm not saying I disagree with, but I think they might favor the champs more than the non-champs. And I don't think that that's particularly true because I, again, it might be a Max Holloway thing, but I think Max Holloway is better than Alexander Volkanovsky. If you look at him as a complete fighter, as a whole fighter throughout their oh, whole yeah. career. Oh yeah. They, yeah. They have every champ on here besides Sterling. Right. On this top 15. Well, if, well, <laughs> you watch that fight, you know, he's not on there. Uh, yeah. I, I guess I'll have to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I agree. I get it. I get why. Like, it's the champ of the division. I, I understand why they're on the list. But, I mean, even if you look at the lightweight division, Islam Makachev is probably one of the best fighters in the UFC. He's super well-rounded. He's bowling through the division. I think he needs to be at least 15-14 up there. And he's not even been close to fighting for a championship, in my opinion. I mean, I just I think he's a league's better fighter than – a lot of fighters in the division right now. I honestly think he's better than Moreno, way better than Moreno. I, I mean, and I think Moreno's a good fighter too. It, it's their pound for round rankings are just a little irritating. To even have McGregor still listed in a ranking is a little irritating. And I'm a McGregor fan. Don't really want him on the lightweight division. There's a lot of movement going on in that division. I don't really want him there. But it there does seem to be a lot of what brings in the most money we're going to put that name out there the most 
which I mean, you can't argue with. It's still a business, but if you take an entire, like you said, if you take Max Holloway's entire UFC career, he's arguably three or four easy. I mean, there's just no doubt about it, Um, which I mean, obviously they're not going to do, but it's whatever. Um, We're going to have to wrap it up there. It's been a long podcast, (laughs) 45 minutes here. So any final thoughts from anybody? No, I got nothing. They got to reorganize that shit. (laughs) They do. All right, guys, we've been deep dive sports. Latest episode of the lights out podcast. Hopefully, if you have any comments on the rankings, feel free to leave them. We'd love to hear them. Peace out. Peace. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.